You're going to get a financial planner. You're going to go speak to your lender. You're going to get a will, talk to your executors, and get a power of attorney. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hey everyone, Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. We hope that you're having a great day and we thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Our guest on today's episode is a professional speaker, writer, and coach who specializes in helping farm families work through issues surrounding succession, business, and that family favorite word, communication. She's also known as Canada's Farm Whisperer, and she's been a columnist in Grain News for over 26 years. Elaine Frazee, thank you so much for joining us today. You know, it's interesting that I get to do a lot of the interviews with a lot of our clients that are, you know, having success using the system and doing this thing and making money and all that. But it's very difficult to bring up kind of the end, right? Nobody wants to talk about what's going to happen when we're gone, That's where this idea came about that, hey, let's have kind of this series where we can kind of get down to the nitty gritty and and have that difficult conversation with those that farm with us. And I always start out every interview, no matter what I'm interviewing the guest as, but tell us a little bit about kind of yourself and kind of that beginning, kind of before the farm family coach, what did your life look like previous? Tyler, I've always been a farm kid. So I'm the eldest of five children. I grew up on a farm right beside Winnipeg, Manitoba. So I could get to downtown Winnipeg in 15 minutes. I chased a lot of steers. My dad taught me how to drive a combine. Then I became an extent, what in the the U.S. you call an extension county agent with Mm -hmm. Manitoba Agriculture. So I ended up moving to Boys Vane in southwestern Manitoba. I live on mile 16 above North Dakota. I'm married to Wes Fraze, who has his degree in agriculture. We run a 5,000-acre seed farm, sell a lot of certified seed. Our son is 34. So just like many of your listeners, I too am the mother to a successor yep. and a mother-in-law to Kendra. And my three beautiful grandchildren live 159 steps from my back door. So the work I do as a farm family coach is all a result of how I'm wired for communication and empathy and lifelong learning. And then in 2003, I went to your country, to Santa Barbara, to become a certified Hudson Institute coach. Okay. In 2003, I also took 22 days of conflict resolution. So I have a certificate in conflict, which makes me weird because I actually think conflict is an adventure. And I I think you're going to unpack that for us. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll be completely honest with you. Just hearing that, it makes me anxious and nervous inside because that to me, you can probably tell we had a little bit of a conversation before this, but man, I enjoy conversation, but it's got to be positive. If it starts heading the negative way and we get into that conflict, yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, I made somebody, you know, feel bad. and, And I can't handle that as, you know, my personality style. So to find somebody that can do that to me is absolutely amazing. And that 100% leads into my next question is because I phrase it like this, how, or again, maybe that better question is why did you become a family farm coach? That's quite the niche. And I couldn't ever imagine doing anything that you do because that conflict resolution part is just extremely anxiety ridden for me. So, so how did that kind of come to be? 
So it all started in 1993 when Dr. Anita Spradling came up from Colorado State to do estate seminars here in Delray in the next town over. And after she left, then Manitoba Agriculture, because they knew my work, said, Lane, we want you to start going to kitchen tables and using your flip chart and really helping facilitate these difficult conversations and help the family get clear. And it's the way I'm wired too, Tyler. I'm wired for empathy, communication, positivity. I always see the glass full, not even half full, lots of (laughs) possibility. And so to me, conflict is not bad. It just needs to be resolved. And I come from curiosity as a coach. So for your listeners, I just like them to think about how would it feel this year to have clarity of of expectations of everybody on your farm team, even including your non-farming sisters and brothers? How would it feel to have timelines and mom and dad to say, by this date, we will step back without stepping away? Because you mentioned the exit strategy. Well, here's the newsflash, Tyler. Nobody's leaving. They're going (laughs) out the door with their boots on. That then becomes the estate plan. And then the third thing, who is willing to be the driver in your family? And I was just speaking down in Norfolk, Nebraska and Rapid City and Oklahoma this week. (laughs) And the most common thing is, Elaine, how do we get folks to the table? Because you just said you like it when things are happy and light. But Mm -hmm. when the tension starts building, you need to learn how to navigate the tension. So in my time with you today, I want to give you lots of nuggets of really good tools and lines that you can use to get those difficult conversations started because it's a journey and it's going to last a long time. The nice thing is, is that I already have my notes out here. So I guess I'll just let you keep rocking and rolling and I'll just sit here and take notes. Like all the listeners, when they hear this, they're going to have to stop the tractor or or pull the truck over the side of the road and, and start taking notes. It's a very, very constructive conversation to have but one that's very difficult. And again, you've got to be kind of wired that way, but also have the the strength to have that conversation. And, you know, it was interesting that, you know, we're at a meeting, I'm in Kearney, Nebraska today, a friend of mine uh, that came to the event, we were talking before everything got kicked off. I said, hey, I'm going to go do this interview. And, you know, it's this farm, kind of the succession planner. And he's like, is it Elaine? And I said, <laughs> Yes, it is. And so, Justin, I I hope that he listens to this. But yeah, he's like, oh, my gosh, she's fantastic. I listen to her stuff and read her stuff. And he found value in that. He's like, you know, I even thought about having her come down to the farm and and so that they could talk about this stuff because we don't ever want to wait until it's too late to talk about that transition. And And therein uh, lies procrastination, Tyler. Procrastination. And I get goosebumps when I say this every time. Procrastination and conflict avoidance is killing agriculture. And shout out to Justin, because I was just in um, Norfolk, Nebraska this week, and a woman said, Elaine, I was ready to drive to Canada to see you. And Dr. Tom had driven six hours to come. So what is the pull? The pull is everyone is looking for practical, workable tools, Tyler. So let's, let's jump into that because, you know, and folks say, I'd love to have Elaine come to my farm. Well, I can I have a team of seven coaches and we come to you to do pre-work over Zoom. And then we do the family meetings with Zoom. And why are you not having these meetings by yourself? Because you're scared to death of the Pandora's box that you're going to open up, right? So the pre-work is really important because before I go into a family meeting, I know exactly what everybody is thinking, feeling, needing, and wanting. And there's your first nugget. I think it's time for us to have a family meeting to talk about everyone's future 
I'm feeling really anxious about the uncertainty of my future because I have no equity. And mom and dad, I need to know how much you need as an income stream from this farm or ranch. And oh, and by the way, I want to know what everybody wants because where is it written that it's up to the parents to make all the children economically equal? And I'll use my own family as an example, Tyler. My brother closest to me, I'm the oldest of five, then I have two brothers and I have a sister. And then I lost my other sister to a drunk driver when she was only 23. So I have lots of familial stories that resonate with my audiences because I am in exactly the same journey as you are, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to create certainty and clarity of expectations. So the first sentence I'd like for Justin to use with his dad is, I'm just curious, dad, when would you be ready to do some coaching? Because here's one I find I want to find out. Oh, and by the way, Dad, here's my business plan. And what Justin does is he writes out a one-page business plan vision of how he wants to run the ranch or how he wants to run the farm with his partner. And he creates clarity for his dad about expectation of how much he's committed to. So how do you do that in a way that is constructive and and kind of removes that the whole mindset that hey these are my de- like de- the list of demands right like you may not feel that you're putting that out there as demands you just want to open up that conversation well, and, and a lot of young farmers Tyler are not coming forward because they don't want to come across as greedy or entitled yeah, right right so so that's the next clue in conflict resolution it's called intent action effect dad mom My intent is not to push you off and away from this business. You've spent the last 40 years building it. But my intent is to get clear and have security around how my family can build equity going forward. And so I want us to have safe, respectful conversations. So you, as the next gen, Tyler, have to stay safe and respectful and gracious and curious. Another thing, if people want to listen to the interview I did with Jason Meadows on Ag State of Mind podcast. I Another thing that I tell kids all the time, adult children, is write your parents a letter. Dear mom and dad, I just want you to know how grateful I am for the opportunity to be back on this farm business. But I also need you to understand that there's certain things that need to shift because I'm not sleeping at night because the banker is asking me, where's my equity to leverage debt? I'm willing to go into debt, dad. But it needs to be workable debt. And I need to know what the viability is of this ranch because not everybody in this family can come back. Because as far as I can tell, there's only room for two families here, not three or four or five. So when you write a letter, Tyler, the beauty of a letter or a Word document printed out is you get to process what you want. Then you get to deliver the message to the founding generation. And then they get to read it and they get to process what they want. Because what we have butting heads over is I have no idea, Tyler, what you want. I have no idea what you want for Christmas unless you tell me. I can send you that list if you want me to. Sure. And so to me, that again is is the biggest thing. And you look at maybe you even have some of these numbers, but you know, farming is generational. It's very difficult for someone just to be like, you know what, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to go farm most of this stuff. And most of our clients that are listening to this are generational, you know, four, five, six, seventh generation farmer, but they're not having these conversations. They're just kind of, you know, just kind of going out there willy nilly and and it's nerve wracking. What's stopping that though, Tyler, especially in, in the Midwest 
is you have not just two generation businesses, you've got grandma and grandpa. And I've been on Twitter spaces with Bridget Riddell. And I saw somewhere on Twitter just re- recently, this Twitter person from Iowa raised 1.8 million by gaming or video games, or I don't know what he did to get $1.8 million collected so that he could buy some ground in Iowa. Here's the deal. One of my coaches, Lydia Carpenter, is from the city and she and her husband are profitable on a quarter section, direct farm marketing in Canada. Yep. But they're very strategic and they have leasing opportunities somewhere else. So it can be done, but it's difficult. But let's talk about the three generation farm. Why is grandpa still hanging on? Why is grandma still hanging on? It's because she's afraid of losing her wealth yep. and having half a million dollars in her bank account makes her sleep well at night. So these are, again, you said changes in mindset. That's what agriculture needs. What worked for granddad and dad does not work when grand is seven, ground is $17,000 an acre like it is now in some parts of Nebraska. Uh, yeah, a chunk just sold for uh, 27000 A chunk yep. in Iowa just sold for over 34000 It's absolutely crazy to, to think of these numbers. But, but you have to be able to talk about money, Tyler. Yes. So there's the other thing. Where is it written? that you have to pay for everything, what can be gifted. And then for the next gen listening to this, I want everybody who's a young farmer to go to their lender of choice, whether it's the bank or farm credit services or Mm -hmm. whoever else they like to borrow money from. And I want you to take your personal net worth and your current assets that you have. And I want you to find out at the start of the year now, what are you good for? How much can you debt service? Because I had a young farmer who went to Farm Credit Canada And he found out that he could write a check for $750,000. Do you understand how amazed and how thankful his father was in the family meeting when he realized his son had capacity to buy equity? There were tears rolling everywhere and they were happy tears. They were celebratory in the fact that we did our homework. The other thing that you need to do is you need to send everybody to a financial planner because mom and dad need to live. They're not moving. Yep. But how are they going to move forward if they don't know what their income stream is? So how do you start that conversation that, you know what, this is what I need some some financial future that I'm going to take to some people. But mom and dad, you know, how do we do this as this whole family unit? How do we do that in a, in such, in a positive light that makes, you know, people come together? Well, I, I'm a really strong believer in facilitation, Tyler, because mm-hmm. many people have tried to do it yourself. So what's curious to yes. me is that you'll spend $1,000 on seed canola. Uh-huh. The bigger canola in Canada is 1000 bucks, but you won't invest that kind of money in securing a multi-million dollar farm's future. Yeah. Now that to me is out of whack, right? Or you'll buy a $250,000 corn header for your X9, yeah. but you won't spend a percentage of that on getting everybody to the table. So first of all, it's an investment in time, but you know what's even harder than the time is the emotional energy because it's an emotional thing. And and here's the deal. Here's another conflict tip. If you can express your emotions, I'm hurt, I'm afraid, I'm disappointed, I'm happy, I expect, that's a very positive thing to do. So come from curiosity and say, mom and dad, And you can blame me now that you've met me on this podcast. You can say, Elaine Craig says, it's okay. We're not going to die if we have this meeting. And it's not just one meeting, Tyler. Our coach comes from Brandon and he's part of our accounting firm. Our tax specialist and our accountant have sat on our living room couch in the middle of July. We shut down the crop protection. No more fungiciding today. We're having this meeting. 
Yeah. And you block time for what's important. So there's the other tip. How are you blocking time to make sure that this happens? Because I would bet you 20% of the people listening to this don't have a will. I met people this week who have young children. And I said, you're kidding me. You have young children and you don't have a will. And you're willing to let your pers- your family be in chaos. So that's the estate plan. Yep. The other thing is, is there's too many plans. So I've already talked about a business plan. <laughs> talked about an estate plan. Yep. I talked about a financial plan. And I've talked about a debt servicing plan. We've already talked about four different plans already. Mm-hmm. So pick where you want to start. Yeah, no kidding, right? So where do you start? <laughs> well, first of all, you listening to this, older yes, farmer, younger farmer, you need to decide what is it you want and by when. I want to be healthy. I want to be, I want, okay, here's another map. This map will help. What do your income streams need to be where you are right now and for the next 20 years? This is both for young farmers and older farmers. Mm-hmm. So so there's a great webinar called Two Economists and a Lender that was put on by Farm Credit Services. You can find it on the web. But if you look at family living in South Dakota or in Iowa, it's $84,000 a year, Tyler, just for a wife and husband and two kids. That's just to live. Then how are you going to pay off debt? Right. The next thing is where are you going to live? And I know a lot of ranchers who are living in double wide trailers because I saw them when I was driving from Rapid City 500 miles home Mm -hmm. Saturday and a lot of nothingness. So people are living frugally. That's great. But then the next thing is... Mom and dad aren't coming to the table because they're afraid of making your non-farm siblings ticked off. Mm-hmm. And the next question is around That's fairness. And you and I could spend a whole hour talking about that. Yep. But for people who don't have time, they can just go to YouTube, type in finding fairness in farm transition. And my hour long presentation will come up, make some popcorn and better yet, invite mom and dad over to watch it with you. And you'll be shocked because it's financial transparency what you think about money, what your intent is, and what do you do with the people who say, no, 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 it's never enough. So they're the rebels. If you don't mind, if we can get kind of a Cliff Notes version, because that is one of the questions that I've got when when you look at this whole thing of being equal. And, you know, even I was a, not not necessarily a part of it, but, you know, my family had to go through that a little bit. And it was you know, what's fair and equal. And and we have, you know, one child that stays on the farm, the other children go off to something else. And you have mom and dad sit there and say, or maybe just dad in this instance, or just mom in this instance, that's writing all this out. And they say, well, you know, I think this is fair, but fair and equal are not the same thing, right? So what we need to do, Tyler, is stop unhelpful language. Never again are you going to use the word equal. That is now removed totally from the ag economy mm-hmm. and language. And here's the reason why is because the definition of fair needs to be changed. And my definition of fair is how can we as the founding parents facilitate everyone in this family being successful? And the first person they need to take care of is themselves. Because I draw a line down the balance, down a flip chart. And on the left-hand side, you have all the farm assets and it's 10, 15, 20 million, whatever the number is. Then on the right-hand side, you have the personal wealth bubble. And I want people to actually stop the truck and do this or do this when they get home. Because when you look at a $15 million asset Mm -hmm. and then you look at the personal wealth bubble and the personal wealth bubble, if it's $2 million, 4% of that is 80K, which would give mom and dad a decent lifestyle income. Remember I said, 
income stream, housing, fairness. First of all, you have to nail the income stream for all families. And is it workable? And is it does it have room to service debt? The next piece is the fairness part around expectations. So I, Tyler, and my brother next to me have always been wealthier than our parents. So we had a family meeting on July 21st, 1998, where I mm-hmm. said to my parents in front of the accountant, I expect nothing from you, mom and dad, because yep. my farm is doing fine. Thank you very much. We've been blessed. We're good managers. We've made different choices than you have, and we're good. Tyler, my mom died six weeks later. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. With her old will signed and her new will not yet signed. So there's the other catch. There's an order so that everything is signed. Now, why am I telling you this story is because... You all have a story. If my mother had a very fragmented family life and a brother who walked away from the farm because of family disputes over money, that's Mm -hmm. also part of your story. Everybody has a story and it's time for people to stop fighting about money and inheritance. Because you also said earlier, Elaine, we have sixth and seventh generation farms in Iowa. Okay. So what does that tell you? This land, I don't care that it's worth $27,000 an acre. Because this land is never being sold. It's always going to be farmed to the next generation. But the sisters in Minneapolis aren't too happy about that because they come from the old order. And I'm I'm going to say it point blank. If you have German, Dutch, or any Eastern European DNA in your family, you are living with the story that we have four kids. They get exactly the same. That doesn't work anymore. And so that's why you need to be smarter and get more personal wealth so that you can draw from that $2 million or three or whatever you create on that side that doesn't impact and take away from the critical mass and working capital of your farm asset. And the next gen doesn't like to hear that. But Elaine, my brother's <laughs> gonna, my sister's going to be a millionaire and I'm not. Your sister and brother will be millionaires on paper, but they have no intention of liquidating. If they do 10 years down the road, There are legal caveats Uh, in Manitoba. Mona Brown calls it the poison pill. You can put that into place. But lots of your listeners, Tyler, are getting tied up in trusts. And I'm a lawyer, but I would really question whether or not you want to do that. If you've done that, understand the long-term repercussions of that because you're tying the hands of flexibility. Many of your listeners will have corporations and corporations have have their reasoning. But I'm a big advocate of what can you transfer with a warm hand, not a cold one. Because when you transfer it with a warm hand, like grandma, grandma could have her name on the land, but she could have her son's name on the land or her daughter's name on the land as well, so that it's not unclear where that land is going to end up. But again, when you put your name on something, you're not going to take it off easily. So make sure that's truly what you want. So how would you go uh, and recommend that people do that? The growers that are listening to this, how do you suggest that they look into it? First off, I mean, is that a you question or do they need to contact their attorney or or how how does that process even start? The first first thing they need to determine under the foundation of this whole discussion, Tyler, is every child, every spouse, the question is, I'm just curious, mom. I'm curious, dad, what does fairness look like to you? I'm curious, daughter. I'm curious, son. What does fairness look like to you? Because you're going to be shocked. 
because there are people who are engineers, dentists, professionals who say, Elaine, I don't want to see my parents sacrifice anymore. My mom is so tired. My mom is actually ready to divorce my father because she's ready to go. She's given him her best 45 years. When is it her turn to get what she wants? Mm -hmm. And of course, we all think that marriage is a covenant and you should stay married. But when are mom's needs going to be met? Dad might have a much more aggressive, I could care less approach, which is not helpful to staying married, Tyler. Right. (laughs) So 46 is the age, average median age of divorce in Canada. The average length of a marriage in Canada before divorce is 30 years. It's not the seven-year-old marriages that we're concerned about. It's my age. Every farm that touches mine is divorced. Wow. Count them four. Jeez. Four farm divorces in my, that touch my farm. Yep. And why, why do I get passionate when I talk about this? Is because people are not paying attention to the emotional factors affecting planning. If you get what you need, if your values align with what your spouse's values are, you're going to have a rock and roll marriage and a rock and roll farm. But you're making assumptions about what fairness is because you haven't yep. asked. And in the Bible, it says you do not have because you do not ask. So start asking better questions. And you bring up a, a huge point, not only on the kind of succession planning side of this, but to me, in my eyes, communication affects everyone, whether you're a farm family or not. That to me, I mean, is just like this huge light bulb going off in my head when you when you say that way. How do we go into just that communication side of it, knowing that each side, there's got to be some understanding, but we've, we've got to start this communication train because it doesn't matter. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. We've got to have this conversation today, no matter what. So 10 tools for talking about tough issues. And I use my Beanie Baby Bull as my metaphor. First of all, because I chase a lot of steers. This is very meaningful to me. I have a scar on my left leg from barbed wire, but that's fine. I have one on my shoulder. There you go. Different different time, different story. There you go. We'll we'll share stories about scars later. The first question is, are you willing to take charge? Just like grabbing the bull by the horns, are you willing, no matter how hard this gets, and I'll use Justin as an example, Justin, are you willing to keep taking the next step and keep everyone accountable for taking the next step? Secondly, come from curiosity. Don't prejudge the outcome or the solution and play with possibility. Understand we are all going to die. We just don't know when. Mm -hmm. And And then the other thing is that dad needs a role. Mom needs a role that gives her meaning and purpose. So the question is, dad, not when are you leaving? The question is, dad. Tell me what a good day on this farm or ranch looks like to you. Describe it to me fully. What would you like to be doing, being, seeing, thinking? All right. Dad wants to be respected for his wisdom and his experience. But Justin does not want to hear how high the interest rates were in 1988 anymore. He's tired of that story, right? He wasn't even, yes, born. Right. He wasn't even born then. But, but, but we have a perfect storm coming, Tyler. Interest rates are rising. People are maxed out on their debt. People are buying 85, 120,000 pickup trucks that are not making the money when they should be focusing on the enterprises and the debt servicing that will make the money. So what yes. is the common denominator here? Financial transparency, not just to the farm, but also the personal side, because I've written about help, Elaine. My parents want more debt. 
And the parents are spending money on things that are not making money. Yep. And so there's debt conversations and money. Talking about money, Tyler, will not kill you. It'll yeah. be very enlightening. All right. And that's and then, a, get your yep. will made. Get get certainty around power of attorney. My husband had a smash up five years ago. Was airlifted to trauma care for ten oh, days. Gosh. Thankfully, he didn't die. But that baptized my son by fire, putting him into managing a five thousand acre farm. And I said, Ian, it's okay. You have power of attorney because we've already given it to you. Yep. As we went on a holiday to New Zealand where we were driving on the opposite side of the road. So <laughs> listeners, this is what you need to do is get a life binder together. In that binder, copies of your will, power of attorney. In that binder, who's your insurance agent? Who's your debt person? Who's your accountant? What is your financial plan? Oh, Elaine, we don't have a financial planner. Well, that stops now. I know, Tyler, that I have enough money till I'm 102 because one of my CAFA friends put all my details through his software and he's laying the way you've saved money and spent money and built up your personal wealth bubble and, and your farm assets, you're good. And our son already <laughs> owns awesome. one business. He's 34, Tyler, and he's using the profits from that business to pay out his father over the next 20 years. So this can yeah. be done, but you have to do it. Talk does not cook rice. Yes. Well, I completely understand that because to me that I'm sitting on the other side of this microphone and we're having this conversation, the powerful words, if nobody else listens to this, I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I am getting a little bit older, but I do have young children and they're getting older. A couple of them are getting pretty dang close to adult age at this point. And where is that plan? You know, I don't have the farm. So, you know, it's like, well, do I have to worry about succession planning? I actually do have to worry about succession planning because, yeah, it's not on a thousand acres of farm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, I keep going back to this, that this is not necessarily yeah, most of our clients are, are farmers, but this is a conversation that everybody needs to to have. So, so let's talk a little bit about why, why this isn't happening, Tyler. Do you know? that there are 65-year-olds and 70-year-olds in Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, wherever, who are embarrassed and humiliated because they don't want to tell their families that they don't have any personal wealth. And so they are sad and disappointed because by the time they were 60 or by the time they were 65 or 70, they in their head had a, a, a vision, a goal. This is what I'll be worth and this is where things will go. But we all know there's been a lot of side swipes and agriculture gets a new one every month, practically, right? <laughs> yeah. So again, it's the embarrassment of not having what you thought you would have. When you sense that your parents are stonewalling and not wanting to have financial transparency, you have to say, no matter what happens, mom and dad, I love you. I'm thankful for you. And I'm proud of you. And I appreciate every opportunity you've given me. But what you need to understand is you don't have to do this alone. And you need yep. to take care of mom and dad first. The other thing is that pride and stubbornness is killing agriculture. Why do we have certain colored combines? Why is that, you know, I was in some <laughs> random... Because they're gap. better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no idea that John Deere had teamed up with Budweiser because I took a picture of this neon tractor in this random gas station on the way to Rapid City on the I-90 or whatever. And I'm just thinking, you're kidding me. Beer and tractors now go together. I had no oh, yeah. Idea. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Elaine, it's a, it's a, it's a last, whole thing. <laughs> the last thing is is forgiveness, Tyler. Forgiving yep. yourself and forgiving other people for not coming through the way you expected them to. 
because letting go, like I, I have stories of people who are still hanging on to what happened 24 years ago. And biblically, that's called the root of bitterness, right? And once that root starts, it grows and festers. Same with conflict resolution. Uh, Lance Woodbury has written these amazing articles on rules of estrangement. Just Google that one with Lance Woodbury. Yep. And it's, it's so sad because people have to choose to let things go, to be reconcilers, and to have a model of forgiveness so that their emotional bank account of their farm always is on the good. It's in the black, not in the red as they go forward. Yeah, that is extremely powerful. And I really hope that the listeners are are taking this to heart. So what are some of the other, I guess, tools in the toolbox, so to speak, of things that these listeners, when they want to, your ability to phrase things is phenomenal. And and I know that there's some power in, I'm going to call it like tonality, you know, you want to kind of pull back tone a little bit and you don't want to, you know, overpower a voice. Yeah. Where do you start there on the communication side? That you can find out, hey, you know what, maybe say things this way in that difficult situation instead of just saying, hey, I want this, you know, not yeah. don't be demanding. Right. And so so we have a client right now that my team, other team coach, we call her vinegar and we're trying to get her to switch into honey. <laughs> <laughs> because because we also have a thing, Tyler, called the Conflict Dynamic Profile, which folks can find on my website at farmfamilycoach.com. But yep. I think it, I think it would be really really helpful for people to do look in the mirror, mm-hmm. do some self assessment on how good are are you at expressing your emotion in a kind and gracious way. And Brene Brown, whose podcast I love, and unlocking us, she always says, "Being clear is kind." So you might have to say hard things, but you can do it in a kind, gracious way. And also always remember what your intent is. Your your intent as a family is what do we all want? We want to love each other. We want to get together at Thanksgiving and Christmas. We want everyone to feel that they're pulling in the same direction. So if we all want those things, then how willing are we to keep building and working towards that? And then the other thing, your ability to reach out and say, you know what, I'm reaching out. I know it hasn't worked in the past. We've tried to do it ourselves. I really think it would be wiser for us to have some facilitation. So I've checked it out. This is what it's going to cost approximately. Let's set aside some time and money and energy to have safe, respectful conversations. What would you suggest, especially a, a younger listener? I feel like as we go through these, some of the the younger audience is a little more open to these conversations a little bit. And and hopefully you do agree when we come up against that barrier, you know, the patriarch of the farm that, that is stubborn and set in his ways, because a, a lot of farmers are, especially in the older generation, they are just absolutely not open to that conversation at all. Is that something that you, we don't ever want to give up on it because it's so important, no, but how, how no, do but you, you want to address the fear Tyler, the older generation is terrified and afraid of losing their wealth. That's why the financial transparency with a financial planner and with your debt lender people is so important to see the financial stability and viability of the operation. And also you come back from like Wes, you know, he came back from ag college, age 22. His dad gave him the farm keys, like just about then to manage because his dad was first a preacher, secondly, a farmer, then a family my husband's put in 43 crops. So it wasn't hard for him to start transitioning early to Ian at age 30 something because he'd already been a main manager for so long. And so 
again, the curiosity is so important, but dad is also afraid of his loss of identity. My husband gets a call. He says, oh, you're going to have to talk to Ian about that. He's very gracious about not feeling useless. Mm-hmm. But he's not the main manager anymore, but he's still important because on our farm, here's three more helpful words for folks. What do you believe to be true? So what are your core values? Secondly, how do you behave towards each other? And the patriarch who's saying, it's my way or the highway, this mm-hmm. is my farm. Then you might want to read the book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Necessary Endings. What to do when things don't work out. Because I had a young mm. ranch leave his ranch because he couldn't get along with his brother, but he had a very wise father. And the father gave him a million dollars to start a new business. And everyone listening said, oh, it must be nice to have an extra million. Well, think about it. He got an inheritance early, kind of like the prodigal son, but he wasn't a prodigal. He just came to the realization that the thinking patterns and the behaviors of this ranch are not serving me. I need to make a fresh start somewhere else. And what he can Mm -hmm. do is meet the guy from my workshop in Okoma who doesn't have a successor. So you have bachelor ranchers and farmers down the road who don't have successors. Mm -hmm. Developing relationships with those people now, helping them get their yards cleaned up, get their equipment moved, clean up their shop, develop a relationship. Not because just because you want the reward of having the relationship. It's because it's the right thing to do, right? Right. So that's important. Yeah, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, one of the things that as we kind of, I'm going to call it like a stumbling block. I know we've talked about a lot of things, but but in that aspect of it, what are some of the, the biggest things that, that you kind of see as these stumbling blocks as we try to, to move through those difficult conversations? And, and sometimes it's with the stubborn, you know, maybe it's the older generation or maybe even if it's, a, you know, a relative or something that's in the operation. But what do you see? some of those biggest stumbling blocks are and how can you successfully kind of transition those into this conversation? So we've talked about them already a little bit, but lack of appreciation. So are you appreciative of what opportunity you've already been given? So no no sense of entitlement, no greed, just a true gratitude for all the opportunities. And then, you know, a lot of young farmers, they're independent. They want to create their own wealth, but they're going to need a leg up. They're going to need some co-signing. They're going to need some gifting. And they're going to need real clarity, Tyler, about their ability to leverage, right? And then the other thing is is assumptions. You know what? Assumptions, that, and you're already putting words in the other person's mouth because you're making an assumption. Mm -hmm. You know, and our coach asked us, you know, when are you going to move to town, Elaine? I said, well... Let's pick a number. So the number was 2020. But when Wes had his accident in 2017, Ian became the manager much sooner because Wes had to recuperate from that. But my daughter-in-law came to me and said, I don't like your house. I don't want to live in your house. I'd like the new house. I said, great. You just saved me $500,000. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so I am going to age in place in a house that was built in 1960 because we don't make assumptions, Tyler. And so the question is, is just sit down with a pad of paper or your computer, put it in a digital file on your phone, however you like to work, but just track. This is what I don't know that I'd really like to know and see what's on that list. And if people want it, they can go to my website, go to the coaching tab and download the key challenge on it because it'd be interesting exercise for Justin to see what's keeping him up at night versus what's keeping his spouse up at night. And I'm glad that you brought that resource up because that's really, as we kind of put a a wrap on this beautiful episode, 
where do you suggest the listeners, where do you point them to go to get more lane? Where is that information at that they can all go out and grab? So on YouTube, it's Farm Family Coach. Just search Farm Family Coach. My channel will come up. I have a farmer from Indiana who's listened to nine hours of video, apparently, before he hired <laughs> me as a coach. So apparently people are stalking me, Tyler, and in, in a good way. I hope that's a good thing. Yes. The other yes. thing is if you would like free coaching every two weeks, I have an insights blog, video blog that comes out every two weeks. I'm also starting my own podcast in the new year to because I'm like you. I, I like conversation. And I think words are powerful. Mm-hmm. So if people would like to have a free 20-minute discovery call with our team, they just need to go to farmfamilycoach.com and fill out the contact page. And we'll be happy to help you see what the next step should be. But here's the deal. I'm a coach, not a counselor. <laughs> Counseling is about recovery. Coaching is about discovery. It's about going forward. How do you want to go forward? And I'm happy to report many farm men are now going for therapy, which is awesome because we have another website at the National Farmers Mental Health Alliance. Yes. And that's important too. I was on their training for ag informed therapy. We had therapists from the US and Canada together, plus my coaching team, all understanding that 75% of the listeners, Tyler, are anxious and depressed. If you have depression, please go to the doctor. I'm a depression survivor and I'm here to tell you it's great to be healthy and it's important to take care of your mental health. The risks in agriculture are huge and we have 25% of the listeners of farmers who have suicide ideation because debt is growing, interest Mm -hmm. rates are rising, but you are not alone. You don't have to do this by yourself. So to wrap up, you're going to get a financial planner. You're going to go speak to your lender. You're going to get a will, talk to your executors and get a power of attorney. You are going to put a binder together called your life binder. So when you're making these plans, you have it easy to grab in one place. And you're going to do the because I love you list in case something happens to you and your spouse has to take over the business. Again, I have a basket sitting right here in my office of all the documents that I have to update for my life binder because... My husband has almost died three times. Here's the other thing. I'm always glad he wore a seatbelt. You know, I lost my sister to a drunk driver when she was going from my farm to her farm in 34 years ago. So someday, like you said, is not on my calendar. The time, Tyler, to do these things is now. And the only way you can eat an elephant is one bite at a time. <laughs> yeah. Elaine, that's so powerful. I, I absolutely love that. I want to thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. I greatly appreciate the time that you spent with us today. I absolutely look forward to our clients having these tough conversations about successful transitions into their future. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much for joining us. I, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And remember, it's your family. It's your farm. It's your choice. So go out there and make good choices. And I hope to see you on a platform somewhere in Iowa someday, Tyler. Good to see you. Elaine, I'm absolutely looking forward to meeting you sometime down here in the States or even love to go up to Canada to a a seminar. We also want to thank you, everyone, for the love and support, not only here on this podcast platform, but on our social media pages as well, whether it be Facebook or TikTok or whatever. We hope that you enjoyed this episode on the Better Way to Farm podcast. And remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review for us so that we can provide the best content possible for you listeners. And as always, we hope that you have a better day. A better way to farm.
You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.